Today, I'm talking to one of Cal's all-time great DBs, Thomas Deku. We'll be talking about Burl Toller, Peter Sermon, Billy Musgrave, because he's got a connection with all of them. And we'll be talking about Cal... Hey everybody, welcome to Ultimate Insider, Bear Insiders Podcast. I'm Mike Pulaski, former Cal quarterback, member of the Hall of Fame, and radio analyst for Cal football. Today I'm talking to one of Cal's all-time great DBs, Thomas Deku. He didn't just bring talent to the field, which he did early on in his career. Jeff Tedford kept telling me, oh, wait till you see this kid, wait till you see this kid. So he's a star as a defensive back for Cal, starting as a corner, ending up as a safety. Went on to play seven years in the NFL, but he also brought personality. One of those dudes that we always love to talk to on the radio. I know him from working with young, promising athletes out here in the East Bay. Uh, I've been around him a lot. I've coached with him. Uh, enjoy his company and proud to call him a brother as a golden bear. But right now, let's get to my interview with Thomas Deku, one of Cal's great DBs. Well, joining me now is one of my all-time favorite Cal DBs, which says a lot because you know quarterbacks and DBs don't generally get along. But my boy Thomas Deku here. Uh, and TD, you know, A, welcome to the Bear Insider Ultimate Insider Podcast. First and foremost, uh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be on Bear Insider. Go Bears, Absol- roll on. There we go. And, and you were one of those dudes when you were at Cal. I hearken back to your days when you were playing for the Golden Bears who always had personality. Like as a radio guy, we used to, we'd love to have you on with us, you know, the opportunity to speak with you. There are certain guys you just love to get back on because you bring personality. You know, you bring your A game to the show every single time. Talk about your experiences at Cal and what that was like, because Cal is a place with pretty smart dudes. You Mm -hmm. as a smart dude kind of stood out amongst those. Yeah, it was, it was one of those things where, you know, I grew up where academics was something that wasn't played with in my, in my household, but my father was an ex-Marine. My mother worked for the city of Berkeley. So, you know, academic, I, I couldn't go to practice unless my homework was at least 80% done, 75% done. And then if I didn't pull in at least a 3-0 or, or higher, I wasn't, I wasn't on the team anymore. So that was, I kind of had the foundation set for me before I went to Cal. And then, you know, coming up through high school, like me and my buddies, we would, we would go to practice and then come straight home and then hop right on the phone and do all our homework since we had all the same classes in like middle school and even high school. So you know, I kind of set the precedent. And then, you know, once I got to Cal, I already knew how to study. I already knew how to get my work done. So it kind of, it, it, it paid dividends in that end and it allowed me to have, you know, a lot more fun while I was there. Cause you know, I, I, Oh, yeah, I was able to, you know, handle, handle my academics. I walked before my, my eligibility was up. So that last year at Cal, I was, I'll see y'all at the stadium while y'all going to, <laughs> going to class. I'm sitting playing Xbox 360 in the, in the apartment. So, you know, I was definitely blessed in that, in that, uh, in that sense to, you know, have a good, uh, have the, you know, the foundation set at home before I got there. So it wasn't so much of a shell shock. But again, like once I got to Cal, like I said, I was already used to the, the academic switch wasn't as, as hard. And then it was easy because, you know, the team uh, had so much chemistry, right? There was, there was, there weren't, there were small cliques, but everybody got along outside of their little cliques. You know, you live with your roommates here or these guys hang out, the O-linemen may hang out, or a lot of the DBs may hang out. But if we saw each other at Bears Lair or, or Kips down on Durant, it was all good. Everybody, well, hey, ah, nah, nah. everybody, everybody's having fun. So 
I, I still tell kids that I coach and train now about how the, those teams at Cal, like those four or four and a half years I was at Cal, the best teams I've ever played on, on any level, just in terms of the chemistry, how guys got along, the fun that we had in the locker room, even, even with the coaches. Like Coach Tedford was, he was an offensive coach, but he was a player's coach at the same time. But he, he, he kind of handed the reins over to Coach Gregory, who was a D coordinator at the time, and he kind of, you know, took the reins of the offense, which was, you know, hey, hey you know, offense puts bus in the seats, but <laughs> defense wins championships, like, you know, the old cliches go. But yeah, it was, it, was, it was fun, though. Like, he, he threw us a bone every time he could. You know, he was saying, you got to throw your dog a bone every once in a while. He, he kept throwing us bones just to keep us, you know, into it and team morale up. So I, I was definitely blessed to land at Cal. Well, that's pretty awesome. And one of, the, one of the things that you find about like those great teams, the championship teams, the teams that, that do really well is that they have that cohesion, right? The, the guys that mm -hmm. all get along. Talk about some of your teammates when you were there, the guys that you remember most. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and, and I know that's an unfair question, right? Because we want to name all yeah. of our teammates. But I'm just going to hit right? some of the highlights. So how about some of the guys that the fans would remember most? Yeah, that, this would be a four-hour podcast. Uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would say probably in the DB room, Tim Mixon and Donnie McCleskey. They really, they really, right uh, yeah, they, they were dogs. They, they yeah. really set, they set the tone for what I would say being a DB at Cal was at, in that era. You know what I'm saying? So we had Coach J.D. Williams who, who went to four Pro Bowls with the Buffalo Bills. So that that mentality that he instilled in us that was a little bit of a shell shock for me as a as a freshman just because you know i my my shit didn't stink in high school so i'm used to just you know strolling on campus me and mr cool a little you know a little bit mr cool you're like yo high school freshmen who are did well usually don't think their shit stinks so then but he wasn't having none of that he was like i'm going to break you down before i build you up and yep. he he did that, but I, I mean, I'm thankful to this day for him doing that for sure. So it was, yeah. it was, uh, you know, like Don and, and Donnie, Donnie and Tim, they were, hey, they were, they were bought and sold on that mentality. Like, hey, we're going to go out here and compete. I don't care who they are. I don't care if they're number one USC or number three Alabama or whatever. I don't even think Alabama was good at that point in time. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we're going to go out there and, and fight and compete no matter what the odds are. So, the, those two guys and then you know guys like bro toller you know he, he kind of he was i called him my he was my older brother on the team like so he was you know going into his i think his junior year so we played two years together 03 and 04 uh so but yeah, he definitely took me under his wing me and me and his his younger brother cameron we were roommates all the way up until i graduated his brother was in in my wedding so we're we're pretty much extended family so guys like burl uh even you know garrett cross we we at yep. the towards the end um yeah. so he we played two years together and but he lived in the same apartment building that we've kind of at cal we all the football players bought apartments in one complex so we pretty much bought out the whole complex so it was like the unofficial football dorm like there was five units and all five units had football players in them so it was, it was pretty interesting. It was on 66 and Telegraph. If anybody, you know, was at Cal from 03 to 07, they might have heard of 66 and Telegraph. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, I, was, I, was just down, <laughs> I was just down the street from there. I was on 66 and Shattuck when I was there. 
right by the Till Two Lounge and and uh, yeah. Flint's Barbecue. So we were you mm-hmm. know right there on the corner. Isn't there like something called the lunar lunar something with something about the moon? It's like a lounge or a bar. Cat, something yeah. Like so that. I think yeah. that that when I was there, it was the Till Two Lounge. I think it became mm-hmm. that the new one that you're talking about. Yeah, like lunar something or something yep. to do with the moon or some crap. Yep. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Nah, but yeah. Uh, who else? There's a lot of guys. I mean, it was like when going going back and thinking about it, it was a lot of talent that went through Cal. Maybe not, maybe not everybody went to the NFL or played several years, but they were damn good college football players. So uh yeah, like you know, Justin Forsett, you know, he, we were we would see each other playing throughout the league, but we would, you know, always keep it close. How's the family? You know, duh, 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 and just make making sure that he he was another guy that when he showed up to to Cal, like we our our personalities clicked. He's a jokester. He likes to have fun. Now, obviously, you got to keep up with Justin. So it was it was a kind of two peas in a pod kind of thing because as you know, we coached together at Cal High. If I'm not making jokes at practice, you know something's wrong with me. Right. You know what That's I'm saying? Exactly if, right. if, yeah, your personality, you making, lead with personality. Yeah. yeah, if I'm not making guys laugh or, or keeping, you know, keeping the energy going in practice, you know something's, something's up with me. So, you know, it's just guys like that that match that kind of energy that, you know, and it made it easy for me to choose to go to Cal because, I mean, at, in my junior year, I think that's when uh, Homo was still there. Where they were like one in ten, one in nine, or something. So I'm like, I'm getting the letters from Cal. I'm like, man, I'm not going to Cal. Right, right. Then yeah, so I, I, I do my due diligence. I take my, uh, take my trips. I go to Cal first, and I'm just like, I'm, I didn't give a damn about the facilities, but I was like, because I hadn't gone and seen UW or Oregon yet, so I didn't have any any kind of frame of reference. So when I went to Cal, I was just going just straight off a of vibe and like, you know, do I like these people? that I'm going to be spending four or five years with. And then, you know, I, like I said, met Donnie, Burl, Tim, all the guys, you know, all those guys in the DB room and that were, you know, kind of getting into their upperclassmen years. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was, it was definitely a, a good thing to fall into. That, that's one of the things, like, and just getting off the whole Cal subject for a while, but when it comes to recruiting, when I went to schools, like facilities, matter and i guess that's a big deal these days but i was more interested in the people the dudes i was going to be spending time with in the locker room and and mm-hmm. i was most impressed with the guys that i met at cal right I, I went on recruiting trips to utah north carolina state arizona and and when i went down to arizona it was a new coaching staff you know so i gotta give them a little bit of a break but they didn't get me around any of the players like i had my host and that was it that's the only dude i, I met when, yeah. when i went back to utah the guys that i met there you know, we're like, oh, these coaches are lying to you. And so to me, it was more about the people than about the facilities. Everybody's mm-hmm. got decent facilities in the Pac-12 now. But it was more yeah. about the people that you were meeting than it was about the facilities. And, and you just mentioned it with you with recruiting. That's why I don't, I don't understand these days. Like kids that will turn around and go to Alabama, right? Okay, cool. You're going to Alabama. It's a good school. It's, they play great football there. But you're also going to be with a bunch of you know, kind of bloodthirsty, ruthless dudes who are there for a yeah. paycheck. And you may not see the field till your senior year. Right. And so the opportunity is <laughs> not quite the same. So talk mm-hmm. about that when it comes to recruiting. You work with a lot of high school age kids now. You know, what are you telling these kids that you're working with kind of about that experience? First off, like I said, when I started off, uh, make sure your transcript is right. 
Because yeah. these coaches that are coming to these schools, they they don't care how many touchdowns you have if you can't get into school. Right. The first, you know I tell them, first question they always ask are, how are his grades? Period. Yeah. That's the showstopper. If, if your grades aren't good enough, that's where the conversation ends. Yeah, all that prop whatever, that's that's getting that's out of the out of the woodworks. Now I'm not sure if it's officially, but people aren't gonna be risking, you know, hundred thousand, hundred twenty thousand dollars scholarship for, you know, rolling the dice. That's a, it's an investment. So yeah, I definitely I tell them that. Make sure, you know, you don't make it harder on yourself to get into school or even for them to even want you to be in the, you know, in the the frame of uh their recruiting fence, I guess you could say. But also just don't get caught up in all the the sparkles and the frills and the fireworks over here. And, hey, come to this school. You can do this, this, and hit this here. Get the vibe. Make sure you like the head coach. Make sure you can get along with your, your position coach if you're going on trips. Make sure you get along with your D coordinator because that's, that's what's going to really put huge roadblocks in your career at college. You could be the best dude on the team. But if your if your coach hates your guts, you're probably not going to be on the field. Or if you guys just don't, you guys just don't get along. You're always co constantly butting heads. That's going to be a detriment to you being on the field. And even people people are uh, vengeful and vindictive. Even su subconsciously, they may they may call plays that may keep you out of certain things. You know what I'm saying? So I know that's worst case scenario, but. It has people happened. are imperfect. Yeah, it's in. Yeah, it has happened, and people are imperfect. So yeah, no, no doubt about it. And and that's the thing. I think Cal should always lead with personnel, right? They, they always have great. You have to have a certain. You have to hit a certain level, right, to be able to get into Cal, to be able to kind mm -hmm. of to to make it through Cal. And so leading with those people, those personalities, some of the greatest personalities I've met in sports were at Cal. Uh, yeah, and and from there. You, you know, you get the other guys that go to other schools, like say West Virginia, you know, places like that. We're like not quite as impressed with the resume. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. There's the, it's a, a certain pedigree that you have to achieve, you know, yeah. <laughs> not to pat ourselves on the back, but uh, you know. Yeah, I agree. So, so you talked a little bit about Burl Toller and Burl is superstar coach at Cal right now, right? In his seventh season, I believe. Uh, great with wide receivers. He's coaching his position, which is great, but he's also a phenomenal recruiter. Why do you think he recruits so well and, and what leads to his success as a coach uh, from what you saw as a player? It, it, go, it goes back to that vibe thing that we keep talking about. He is, he is an incredibly genuine and, and compassionate and caring person, genuinely. So when, when he goes on these recruiting visits and he's sitting down in people's living rooms, he's able to convey to the parents, like, you can trust your son with me. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm not sitting here trying to sell you, uh, no, raise my hand. I'm not sitting here trying to sell you the dream, like your son's going to be the next number one draft pick, this, that, and the third. We're going to help. I'm, I'm not sitting there in the room with him, but I'm just getting, I'm, what I would tell uh, parents if I'm recruiting, like, your son's going to come here. We're going to, after four years or four and a half years, he's going to come back to you a better, a better man. You know what I'm saying, or he's going to come here and learn this, this, and this. He's going to learn how to manage his own time. He's going to learn how to get, get, uh, be able to um, connect and, and and network and work with people who he would probably would never have met under any other circumstance. And he's going to learn how to, you know, fight through adversity. All the you know, all different cliche sports teaches you know doo -doo 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 and discipline and boo -boo -boo -boo, but it's true. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of parents. Like I said, they get 
mystified by the fireworks. My son's going to get drafted in this round and he's going right. to be the number one. He's blue chip five star already. So what are you going to do? No, 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 no. This we're investing in your son. So you have to trust us to give you back a better product. You know what I'm saying? So and also you're getting a goddamn free education. <laughs> right. You know, right. If, if, if they're in that boat. So you get, you're getting 120 K for free. And you're getting a better pro, uh, a better human when he comes back to you, theoretically, or in, you know, that's what we want to do. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's just, I can see that his, the, how genuine he is and how easy of a person he is to get along with really helps him in his, in his recruiting. So it's, it's no surprise to me that he's, he's killing it in recruiting and also in coaching because the kids also have to know that you care. If the, if, if the guys that you're coaching, I don't care if they're 24 16 13 or 10 they have to if they don't if, if during practice or during the game they're like coach don't care like why why do i have to give 100 percent if he don't even care if he's not out here if this is not the fun part of his day too if he's not out here making it fun to be out here like hey man what am i doing this for you know it, yeah. it makes it hard to get up and play for a coach and he like loved that. it when he played right he was a walk-on when he oh, came to cal oh. in the first yeah, place yeah. And, and he's, Earned you know, scholar, his, yeah. his dad played there with a captain in 77. So Cal mm -hmm. family all the way. He's one of those dudes. When I come back around campus, I just like, I'll see him. It's a big smile. We'll, we'll walk across the room, you know, to go greet each other. Just a, just a good dude. And in the end oh, of yeah. my playing career is when he was starting his playing career at Cal. Mm -hmm. So I would be out there coaching him, throwing with him. He'd be catching routes for me when I came back out and worked out in the off season. And so That's it's kind awesome. of a crossover for you and I, and that I was yeah. still playing when he was playing at Cal. And so he was mm -hmm. catching passes from me back then. Uh, just, yeah. just a great dude. And I can see, I can totally see why he has success in his career. Oh, yeah. He's a superstar, it's, it's, right? There's, there's the coach that Cal's going to have to hold on to oh, in the near sure. future because he's a guy who's, he bleeds blue and gold. You know, he's all about Cal, uh, but he's incredibly successful. So other schools are going to come gunning for him. Because remember uh, what Coach Gould made it through like three or four head coaches, Homo, Tedford, uh, yeah. He was, did a couple years with Wilcox, so three. He did, yeah. Or maybe a year or two with Wilcox. Maybe not. I might I have made that he, up. I don't remember if he was there with Wilcox. He was, I, I think he uh, was gone uh, with, was, with Sonny, but he was there for yeah, a long time. Sonny with, yeah, yeah it was, that's who was – Sonny was before uh, Coach Wilcox. Yeah. But, yeah, he made it through three. Yeah, so, and I mean, he, he was Gould, fantastic, was like, too. Boy, you want to yeah. talk about a dude who could recruit. Gould was he, he's a baller. I mean, yeah. a fantastic dude. Just loved Ron Gould. I would Great. say, yeah, I would say Burrow kind of took to that title. Like once Coach Gould left, then Burrow was, you know, Burrow was starting his coaching career at Cal. Yeah. So shit, he was like, man, I would say, I mean, Coach Gould was an incredible recruiter, but I would say, say Burrow has a higher ceiling just because he can do it for longer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, and he's at his home, right? He's at home at Cal. Yeah, like, this is this is where backyard. he played ball, right? His exactly. picture's on the wall in a Cal jersey. I just think that makes a huge difference. I love it when Hell dudes yeah. coach at their alma mater. Definitely. So we'll kind of move on from there. Since we're on coaches, let's talk about Billy Musgrave. You actually played in Atlanta when Billy was down there coaching for a little bit. What? Tell me mm -hmm. about your experiences with him. I would, yeah, I love Coach Musgrave. It was again being on. Like you said earlier, being a, either a quarterback's coach or an offensive coordinator, and then me being a DB, it was kind of like a cat and mouse, kind of like I'm poking the bear kind of thing. You go, what you got for me today, Muskie? You got some yeah. new – you didn't drew something up on the whiteboard in there? <laughs> so it was that kind of that kind of playful banter. 
But also, you know, uh, Coach Musgrave, he's a he's a goofy dude. Like he he loves he loves shooting this shit. You know, uh, you know, giving each other shit and you know, talk, uh, talking talking a good game. But Coach Musgrave is he's he's also like I said, he's he's a very playful, giddy type of dude. But he's also a very smart football coach in terms of being able to draw up schemes and even having a, have, having a good idea of how, at least what, what I understood from him at Atlanta, is, is how certain past concepts work together and different things you can do off of that. That's what he was good. And then, that's one of the things that him and Matt were good at in Atlanta in the times that we were winning a lot of games. You point out he's, he's wicked smart. Like, like yeah. he, he is almost like on the spectrum smart, like that kind of guy when it comes to offense. Like, yeah, the way he doc, about the the game. Mad scientist kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I, I enjoy that mad scientist vibe. Yeah. I enjoy talking to him, you know, about football stuff, about plays, quarterback play, all that stuff uh, and kind of getting his take on it. It's just a little bit off center from the way that most quarterback coaches and offensive coordinators look at it. Uh, and he's a grinder. You know, he loves to grind. He's in the film room all the time. He's all about it. Uh, but he also loves the game. That's the one difference. You played for Jeff Tedford. You know, mm -hmm. Jeff, he was grinding all the time, too. But, like, he lived the grind. He, it was yeah. about the grind. It was more about the grind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and doing that because that was his control issue on the game. Where I think Billy is, like, more playful about it when you go in his mm -hmm. office. But he doesn't exactly. have to be a head coach either. So. Yeah. That, yeah. And that's another thing It's like, being a head coach is is almost a calling in and of itself. Like, because it's easy to handle 13 or 14, maybe 15 guys in a position room or, or tell four or five position coaches how you want them to handle their 14 or 15 guys. But when you, you are making every decision outside of the front office for that, for that football team or, you know, the administration or front office for that football team, that, that's a that's a daunting task in and of itself like you gotta you're you're spinning dozens of plates at the same time and you got to keep them all spinning perfectly or else you might be out of there after that season so yeah that that head coaching is a, is a monster that few of us are cut to to slay or you know are our, our, our bred to just slay that dragon so yeah to, for the guys especially as a college do, especially as a college coach right because you know in the NFL you're about winning games you're about player personnel, you know, you're about salaries and who's worth what. And that's, and, and you're about football X's and O's, but in college, you're also about housing and parking and parents and, you know, which dorm is available and classes and fundraising. Mm -hmm. Like there's so much that goes on for a college head coach that's on their plate for these guys to handle. And I think a lot of fans at home don't, don't see that or even recognize it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like you said, especially in 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 college sports. Now, you, there's it may be 15 plates for a pro coach because you know they're all grown men at the end of the day. He's not as much worried about them once they leave the facility. But when you got 19 to 21 year olds on your team, you're like, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> I'm in charge Please. of children. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't let me get a call Sunday morning talking about this happened at the bar after the game. Like, man, you know, that type of thing. I mean, you still got to worry about that with guys in the NFL, too, which is amazing to me. Because, you do, but at least you, know, you have guys, a little more of a maturity factor. Yeah. yeah and some experience. Exactly. You're, you're, you've got some experience. You have a little bit of money. You're, you're, you're a more mature human being. 
But what's what's baffling to me is, especially guys in like my era, you know, early millennials. Not you know, I was born in '85, so I'm right on the cusp of an early millennial. But all of us, especially the athletes, we grew up hearing "take care of your money, get your uh, do you get your grades right." That actually was nailed into our head by every adult in our lives. Like, go to school. Go. You can't play football without going to school. You can't play football. Boom. So it's amazing to me how after 18 years of hearing that up until you got to college, you get through college, you do whatever you got, you get to the pros, and then you fuck it up. It's like, but you've been told for 22 years, every five minutes up until this point when you got the DUI or you did something stupid in Vegas or you, I don't know, whatever, pick your poison. It's like, you've heard all of this. You've heard it every day, every, every, sit down you've had with every you know, yeah 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 little three on three basketball coach and then your five on five basketball coach and then your pop wonder football coach told you this your freshman football coach told you your varsity football coach told you all of this every year and you still end up fucking it up and yeah. that, that's that's what that's what's baffling to me it's like bro like why is this statistic still a thing or 80 percent of all nfl or professional athletes are broke five years why is this even still a statistic when we've been told every year up until this point not to do this. It's, it's uh, that's, that's really baffling to me. My, t- my take on that, and, and that's, it's a great point. Now we're getting into socio issues, right? But it's, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, so, so football players, like you said, they've been told every single day, every single way, you know, manage, manage, manage. But they've always been managed. They, they yeah, never manage themselves. You're going to show up at this time dressed, wearing this, you're going to do this. You're going to eat that. Mm-hmm. Like they have been managed. They have been, yeah. you know, parented and managed their entire career all the way through college. True. And then they get to the NFL and they get that check boy. And, and <laughs> Anthony Munoz, I had, I had a great opportunity. Yeah. I had the great opportunity to play with Anthony Munoz uh, mm-hmm. when, when I was a rookie in Tampa and it, he was just the best dude in the world. I know he's an SC guy, but he's just the best dude in the world. And he sat down and talked with me like, for like an hour and a half, just impromptu. And he made a great point. He's like, you know, the thing about getting an NFL check is it intensifies your personality. So if you're a good dude before you sign that NFL contract, you become a really good dude. And you get these guys, Mm -hmm. you know, the Eli Mannings of the world, the Hardy Nickersons of the world that Mm -hmm. become the NFL player of the year because they're doing charity outreach and reaching back to people. Uh, And you get those dudes. But if you're an asshole before you sign that check, boy, you turn into a first rate asshole. I I know a dude, I played with a dude and I won't name him. But when he signed his NFL check, first round pick, he decided he was going to buy seven BMWs, same exact car in different colors to show the world how rich he was. What, what, what good does that do? That like, well, not, I mean, besides yeah. the salesman, it doesn't do anybody any good. Like, uh, it, it well, just well, doesn't make sense. Well, yeah, at all. It was, and the funny story about that, whereas it was my rookie year at, at uh, it was after my rookie year in Atlanta. And so I played more, mostly special teams my rookie year because we had Lawyer Malloy and Eric Coleman were the two safeties at the time. So Lawyer Malloy, you know Lawyer, he's yeah. 13 year at the time. He's a 13 year vet. He won won Super Bowls with Stud. the Pats. Yeah, he was the he was the dude. Like I'm, I was another guy. I was lucky to fall under his wing when I got to Atlanta. Him and Eric. But you know, I, I played special teams uh, my rookie year. Did my thing. So the the next year I was, you know. Lawyer uh, went to uh, Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. 
so you know i was they moved eric to strong safety so i was you know in in the batter's box in the, in the on deck ready to take the starting spot so that off season i go to train in in los angeles at uh was it um uh, exos so right i'm 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 getting oh no of the um, uh terrell gain gains performance performance gains so he's i think he's he got several places now but he was like one of the big you know trainers for guys in the off season so i'm down there in la you know i've started to smell get that get a little bit of that money that first that first off season that playoff check kicked in that we got from that for my rookie year so uh i'm down there i'm, I'm wanting to buy a car i buy i, I uh, leased a car during the season when i was playing in atlanta like all right now i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna get me something i'm gonna treat myself so i get um a mercedes s63 so like the s class is like their flagship car right and this the 63 is like the souped up engine like handcrafted engine right. the, the uh the engineer signs your engine and all kind of stuff and funny story the engineer who built my car his name was thomas too so that was <laughs> that was funny so I, I come back to OTA's off-season uh, activity, and uh, John Abraham. I pull up. I park in the in the lot in the uh, parking lot, player parking lot, at the same time as John Abraham. You know, he's one of the best pass rushers to ever play, right? So we get out the car at the same time. I'm like, "Ooh, what's up, Rook?" I was like, "Man, what's up, Abe?" And he said, "Hey, I know people that been in the league longer than me. Ain't even got that car." I was just like. Oh, was this a bad idea? Uh oh, because <laughs> like, oh. because Abe he was he 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 he'd been in the league 15, 16 years almost. At, well, by the time we, uh, I left Atlanta, they're like sixteen, seventeen years for him. So he been had money. So he right. be out doing whatever he want. I man, I got I've been paid ten years ago. I'm just I'm just stacking this all this extra right. ten years of playing is just the ice. This stuff is all retirement now. Exactly. I'm, I'm yeah. spending name money now. So he was he would be out there just you know having his fun. So when he said that, I was just like, oh, I must be living well outside of my means when I buy this one. But luckily, I only leased the car, so I was I got rid of it. But yeah, that was that was a, a little shell shock to the system. He was like, I know people played as long as me ain't got that car. I was like, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. There, there's lessons in that, man. I I, I remember yeah. I signed a trading card deal coming out of Cal, and like two weeks before I signed the deal, I was trying to scrape together change out of my ashtray mm -hmm. so I could buy a peanut butter yogurt over at frozen yogurt place, you know, down, downtown on, on Durant, <laughs> trying yeah. to scratch together to get a frozen yogurt. I signed the oh, deal. That place? I know it's, it's right under Kips, right? That's right under Kips. Yeah, exactly. Yep. yep. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out how to scrape together change to get a frozen yogurt. And all of a sudden I sign a, you know, six figure trading card deal. It's like, what, a, what, what a weird world we live in. I always Man. drove a Bronco though. I always drove a Bronco. Yeah. That was my car like that. Uh, that's what I was going to do. Period. I was good. Let's, so let's talk about let's, your time in the league. What was that like for you? I mean, you come out of Cal third round pick, you know, uh, great, great college player. I love calling your games when you played at Cal. So, Thanks. you know, much Thanks. love to you. Cause I enjoyed it. But your time that. in the NFL, kind of talk about that learning curve about getting in the league and what that's like for a player. Oh man, it was it was hilarious. So when we when I got drafted, we had kind of like a um, it wasn't necessarily a rookie camp. It was just an extra camp for the whole team because it was that coaching staff's first first year in Atlanta. So I'm getting there, and you know I'm taking the reps with the threes. You know all the all the rookies are usually taking reps with the third group. Uh, maybe even they have a fourth group going. But anyway, 
So I, I'm lining up and then ball snapped and it feels like everything is in fast forward. It's like, <laughs> oh, shit. What, what is going yes. on? So that's, that's practice or, or OTA practice. Then we get to training camp practice. Now dudes are trying to make the team. Like, not only are, you know, we're trying to stay safe, trying to stay healthy, da, 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 but people are trying to make a living at the same time. So people are really competing out there. So now it's, it was at level nine. Now we're at 11. So then we get into the first preseason game. And then I thought, okay, I, I got a little bit used to the speed. Okay, I'm making plays and practice. I can do this. I'm, I, the game's a little bit slowed down. I'm on kickoff. Oh, or kickoff return, kickoff return right. on, on like opening kickoff, first preseason game. So they kick it off. I'm running back to get to my little drop to my death and turn around to get my block. And as I'm turning, the dude is running past me. I'm like, what the? <laughs> like, what the fuck are they doing out here? So the same game we played, uh, it was the Chiefs. And the Chiefs weren't even, you know, good until Mahomes got there. So anyway, I'm on punt. So I'm running down, I'm, uh, you know, then they have the vice on punt. So I'm trying to, uh, you know, get downfield and, you know, make force a bear catch, whatever, make the tackle. My first time I tried to get the release on the vice, I, and I tried to split them. They put four hands on me and carried me to the sideline. <laughs> just here, take, take your rookie. <laughs> yeah. Take him, get him, a, get him a soda, get him a here's hot your dog. Player back. Right here. Yeah, here's your football <laughs> player right here. Thank you. So then, but then. So it was, again, another shell shock. It was the speed of the game. And, like, I realized quickly that all of the – well, it's obvious all of the best players in the NFL, all the best college players make it to the NFL. Or you would think most of the best college players get, make it to the NFL. But then the best of those best actually make it on the field. And the best of those best actually stay on the field. Right. So it's get just that like, second contract. I'm, exactly. I better get my shit together b- yeah. before I, I become a statistic in the sense that with a three and a half and you're usually done. So, right. I, well, I've told the story on the podcast. I've told the story on the podcast before, and I think I told you, but like I showed up at Cal, and the first game that I dressed for, we're playing UOP, and Todd Powers was one of our fullbacks, right? And he comes out, and we're running, you know, power IT, make. They give him a trap or a toss or something. And come, you know, he's running down the near sideline right in front of me. And the DB from UOP comes full speed downhill. And these dudes meet right in front of me. Yeah, <laughs> just this huge explosion right, right in front of me. And I look at this, like my eyes look like saucers. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I can't play here. Like, I, I, can't, I can't play at this level. I'm this not is good not enough. for like, me. I can't do this. And it's funny how you adapt to that, right? Because at that point, I was certain I couldn't play in the Pac-10. What am I doing here? Not a chance. (laughs) But then by my senior year, I'm like, man, you guys can't play with me. You're not even close, right? Like, like that was it. (laughs) And then the next level, same thing. You show up, you're like, oh, a lot of dudes. Like, But then you kind of adapt to that. It's, it's. I just think that's an amazing kind of personality trait for athletes that you have to have. The ability to overcome that initial sticker shock. What did I just buy to become the guy, you know? Exactly. Yeah, no, it was, it was it was fun though. It was like it was being that rookie year was like I like that type of thing. I like being kind of out of my element and then adapting to it. Like I kind of I pride myself on being able to do that. So it was it was a, it was a good experience for me. That looking back, whether it whether it was it may have been nerve wracking or 
or, or aggravating or, or even, you know, kind of depressing at times having to deal with certain ups and downs. It's, it's, I, I, I revel in that fact. I, I, I'm glad that I, that I went through that just because, you know, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. You know, all these old cliches, but I, I definitely, uh, I, I wouldn't have it any other way for sure. Yeah, it's all, I mean, it's, it's a life-changing experience, right? To be able to get through yeah. that, to master it up, to, to then, then kind of take control back over your environment and then excel at whatever level you're at is, is pretty amazing Definitely. accomplishment. Uh, it, we're getting, getting kind of close here, getting a little long, but let's talk about Cal's defense. You know, Peter Sherman, defense coordinator, Justin Wilcox, obviously those guys, former teammates, good friends, working together on Cal's defense. Tell me your impressions of Cal's defense, kind of your thoughts on it maybe some of the dudes that you like if you've watched a lot of Cal football this year? Yeah, I, I would say I, that's one of the things that have been our, been our strength at times, but has also been our Achilles heel at times. It's just in, in big games, we, there are some big games where we find a way to stop guys. We can play well, we can keep them out of the end zone. But I, I would, I would say it's, it's kind of a, a pattern that we kind of had at Cal when I was there. Whereas in, in some games, you know, Aaron and them, or, or even uh, Steve, remember Steve Levy? He was one of my roommates too at Cal oh, yeah. where, where they're, they're playing, they're playing lights out on the, on offense, but we just, you know, we can't win on third down. We, you know, we can't stop, you know, they're kicking our ass on first down, which means they're going to have an easy third down. So it's just kind of that same kind of pattern that I see when I do watch games is there's some games where Offense is clicking, boom, boom, boom. Defense, yeah, we they got a couple extended drives. You know, we may have gave up a big play here or there. So it's just, I, it's, I don't want to say it's the cow way of playing defense, but it just, it's just a pattern that I've seen over the over the course of the years. Because even when when Sonny was there, I, I, it was the same kind of pattern. Sometimes offense isn't really isn't really clicking, but defense we're hey, we're gonna hold them down. But then. When when both sides are clicking, we're kicking people's ass. But yeah. then one is just finding out. Okay, I hope everybody shows up today so we can find that good balance. It's just a, just a, just a pattern that I've noticed throughout being at Cal and then not being there for what the past fifteen damn fifteen years. Yeah, isn't crazy. it crazy how it sneaks up on you? Yeah, right. Right, thirty. This is my this is my Citrus Bowl thirtieth reunion last season. Jesus, nah, yeah. I hope That's I'm still a... kicking like you when when I get to that level. <laughs> I'm, I'm kicking. I'm kicking as much as I can, man. Trying to fight it back. <laughs> That's the truth, brother. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on today, man. I, you know, I always love getting together and talking with you. Just one of my all-time favorite Cal guys, just the personality alone and the energy that you bring to any conversation is awesome. So I appreciate you coming oh, on. No problem. Anytime you want me back, I'll be happy to help out. I'm happy to be on and talk some shit with you. So you heard it from one of Cal's legends, Thomas Deku, a fantastic football player, a fantastic Golden Bear, and some insight on Burl Toller, Billy Musgrave, and Peter Sermon, some of our current day coaches. I appreciate you watching. We'll be bringing you more podcasts coming up. But until then, I'm Mike Pulaski, and go Bears.